0: Listener Production. This is a Howie Games extravaganza, a T20 World Cup special. We've got three World Cup winners. One of them we had for 15 minutes because I think he needs to go and sign some big sponsorship deals on the back of what he's been doing. But we've got Adam Zamp, we've got the skipper Aaron Finch and Mitch Marsh, the hero of the final. Zamps, we'll start with you because you're tight for time. Firstly, congratulations to you all. How does it feel, mate? You're a T20 World Cup winner. Feels, yeah, it feels
1: the feeling of winning a World Cup is really good, but the feeling of having a three-day hangover—it's <laughs> a bit run down. Not great. I haven't been sleeping that well. Been too ant. That doesn't. That that doesn't feel good.
0: Where are you dialing in from? Somewhere up the Byron Coast?
1: Yeah, I'm at Folk Cafe. So just um, yeah, got my little burrito coffee fix in this morning. Um, yeah, needed it.
0: And Finchie, lovely to see you. As always, congratulations, Skipper. You'd be happy to see Zamps going the full Dennis Lilly. He's only got about one button done up at the moment. He's looking a million dollars, isn't he?
2: <laughs> yeah, he is. It's brilliant, mate. Like like you said, it's um, to be a, a World Cup winner is is pretty special and, and to do it with our backs against the wall was is, is even better.
0: And, Marshy, congratulations, mate. Uh, the final was extraordinary, which we'll get to. It'd be fair to say you're in quarantine, but you look a touch dishevelled yourself as well, Marshy.
3: <laughs> oh, mate, yeah, I've got a bloody cold sore. It's all happening in here. It's, um, yeah, you sort of win a World Cup, have a, one of the great celebrations, and you, and you wake up and you're in hotel quarantine. It's not ideal, but uh, <laughs> I'm still basking it, mate, still loving it.
0: Mate, uh, we'll have a chat about you, Zamps, because I know you've got to go. Um, extraordinary story written by Robert Craddock. You need to tell us how much truth there was to this about your preparations coming into the World Cup. You're up there with your uh, hoochie coochie smoking mates in Byron <laughs> Bay. You live up there with your beautiful partner and you. And I think you've got your mini goats up there. So not many training facilities. So how did you prepare, mate? Um, yeah,
1: it's, there's a lot of truth to that. To the rumor or the article that Robert Craddock wrote, I um kind of had to make do with a. I tried the synthetic wicket at Bangalore Oval just down the road and that didn't quite work out I had like a ridge that I had to step on to get to the popping crease so that didn't work so I um, got on the blower to some local clubs said come on you guys help me out and they did they, they put up a wicket had some of the Northern Rivers Academy kids here who were pretty happy to face me so um, I got a bit of bowling in before the World Cup which was um, yeah wasn't ideal but it's going to happen again now <laughs>
0: <laughs> leading into the big bash, Finchie, as a skipper, Zamp's numbers, 27 overs, 13 for 157, went at 5.81 and over, took five versus the bangers, but his two finals performances, extraordinary numbers uh, against Pakistan in the semi-finals, one for 22 from his four, and then in the final, once again, one from 26. How did you go about captaining him? Because he was on fire
4: slip. What a start by Zampa. Great captaincy to have the slip in. The fifth wicket has fallen. Desperate this for Bangladesh.
2: Yeah, I think it, it was just one of those things with Zamps that he always has to bowl the really tough overs. And, and like we saw in that game against Pakistan, the semi-final to get Babur Azam out, who's obviously a great player. But I think if you look at Zamps's career, he's got the ability... Oh, he's got the record of, of getting the best players in the world out consistently. So he's someone who we turn to to throw the, we throw the ball to him under pressure. We throw to him the ball when, when things aren't going our way and, and time after time he keeps delivering.
0: And what was your mindset, Zamps? You, you know, you're up against the best batsmen in the world. You're normally coming on after the power play. Often they're set. What are you trying to do in those first couple of deliveries? Because, you know, for the mug punters out there watching, from ball one, every spell you're right on the spot. I, I try and
1: really think about what the team needs from me at the moment. So I always try and think about what happened before, what's going on in the game and how the rest of the inning. So Finchie generally bowled me to seventh um, over during the World Cup and it was really dependent on how the other team started. So if they were none for 50, I was really trying to bowl an over that would build pressure. So maybe we'd get a wicket at the other end. And if there was some pressure built, at the other end and I would bowl the next over, that's when I could maybe try and take a wicket. But um, keep it really simply. Um, T20 cricket is about building pressure. The more dot bowl, the more wickets you'll get. So um, that's generally how it works and what I try to do is bulk up.
4: And taken. Yep. Excellent from Australia.
0: Superb figures for Adam Zampa today who finishes with five for 19. Well, it's certainly worked, Marsh. There's so much love, so much love floating around uh, within this team and, and throughout the nation. Tell me about Zamps off the field. Um, what what does he bring to the table when you're over there, you can't go out and see much, you're in the midst of a World Cup. What's, uh, what's your man, A. Zampa, bring to the table?
3: Um, I, he loves his golf. Um, yeah, he plays plenty of golf. And, uh, <laughs> no, Zamps is not a golfer. Um, you know I, Probably the thing I love about Zants the most is uh, his door is always open. You um, can always go into his room <laughs> and make you a coffee. Um, he'll talk some, talk some gaff. You know, he'll talk uh, forage beers. Um, he, he came up with a new ball before the World Cup um, called the Hector. And um, the he- Hector actually took all 13 wickets um, of, the, of the tournament. So just incredibly happy for him, mate.
0: What's the Hector Zamps? What, what? What's it? Is it one of the warning mystery balls, or what is it? No, it's um, it's
1: actually a bowl of ball that's around about one meter to three meter, the perfect spot for it to go for six. That's um, that's what we call Hector. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what What was your highlight of the tournament aside from winning at Zamps? And I know you're a, you're a very much a, a focused team man, but as far as an individual performance of your own was a certain ball a certain performance what really sticks in your mind apart from holding up the cup
1: Um, personally semi-final I was bowling pretty well throughout the tournament I didn't the worst I probably was the 5 for 19 to be honest Um, the the 1 for 22 against Pakistan which was we were under pressure they were none down and their opening batsmen are really good players they're the two of the best players in the world at the moment Oh, We he can finish it off. What about that? So um, under pressure to end up with one for 22 and get a big wicket. Um, I felt like that was a big, in our, probably in our tournament.
0: Zamps, Finchie and Marshy being former performers on the Howie Games know that uh, i got a couple of kids that always like to ask a question. So I, I know you've got to go to sign, as I said, some more lucrative deals. So if you're happy to answer a question from my nine-year-old son. His name is Mac but rolls as the Big Penguin. Um, obsessed with you. Are you ready to go here, Zamps?
1: I know his name's the Big Penguin. I listen to your uh, podcast with Kev. Ah, you're a good... Oh, with Kev Parker, the Tame Parlor. Yeah, he's the goat. So, anyway, you... sorry to interrupt. No, no, go. what did you...
0: You might as well tell people what you did say to me when I asked you to come on. What, what was going to be the repeat payment coming back your way? What are you after?
1: I said all I ask in return is for me to send... The shirt that I wore to celebrate in that smells like sweat, champagne and beer sent to Kevin to get him to sign it. And you said, bloody oath, I'll do it.
0: Yeah, I'll sort that. Are you across the time in Parlour, Finchie? You're a bit more of a Colac operator.
2: Not really. I know who they are, <laughs> but um, no, it's
0: not my wheelhouse. All right. Here we go, Zamps. This is a question from you for the Penguin. Hey, Zamps. Big Penguin here. First off, I think you're one of my favourite T20 cricket players. I love the fact that you bowl leg spin because Dad said that's the hardest thing to bowl. You've given me a bit of inspiration, so I'm trying to bowl leg spin as well. But what I want to know is how do you bowl a rongan? I've got no idea how. Dad's tried to teach me. So many people have tried to teach me how to bowl a rongan, but I just can't bowl a wrongin'. How do you do it?
1: <laughs> it's a great question, Big Penguin. Um, it's actually one of the questions that a lot of kids ask when they... Try and bowl leg spinners. How, how do they bowl the wrong end? But I, um, I think I had like a not a, cassette, a VCR of shame Warne king spin when I was about thirteen or fourteen. So it'd be worth trying to get your hands on that. Basically, the leg spinner, which is like your hand goes towards first slip. I quite haven't quite mastered that one yet. Um, you got the top spinner where your fingers face up towards the bowler, and then the wrong and the back of the hand faces the bowler. Um, sounds pretty simple, but it's it's not, and you've got to try and do it without the batsman seeing it or understanding it. But, um, yeah, if I, if I were you, I'd get on YouTube and see if you can find this um, Shane Warne video. If, if you can't find it, I'll try and send it to, to your dad.
0: Good man, Zamps. Now, as we let you go, because as I say, you've got to go. Um, finish this sentence for me. We'll start with you, Marshy. I love Adam Zampa because...
3: I love Adam Zampa because um, I just love him. What a man. <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful man.
0: <laughs> and you, yeah. Finchie, finish the sentence for me.
2: Oh, I, I think just how, how competitive he is. is someone who throughout his whole career is has been knocked and doubted and at times the first one to get dropped when things haven't gone the team's way. Um but the resilience that he's got to, to keep bouncing back and, and be the best in the world now is unbelievable.
0: Zamps, final one as we let you go. Red ball cricket, do you still harbour a desire? Yes,
1: definitely. Um, haven't had much opportunity to play in the last few years and obviously it's hard when you, you want to put playing for Australia first, which I 100% do. We've um, been a lot of white ball cricket and then trying to get some downtime at home around that, so... Um, but if there was an opportunity there, I'd definitely try and take it
0: for sure. Well, once again, mate, congratulations. It's great to see you with all your buttons undone and a, and a World Cup winner medal there somewhere. You go off for the rest of your day, mate. Uh, thanks for joining us on the show. Uh, stay safe and we'll see you in the big bash, mate.
1: Thanks, Howie. Cheers. Cheers to boys. 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 Love you. See you, Zulby. <laughs>
0: So that's Zam. So I, I don't know what he's got going on, but he's got everything going on. Uh, let's keep it a bit more general now. Let's almost start from the start. We'll start with you, Finchie. The group gets together uh, in the Emirates. What's the, what's the theme that, that you and the coach and the leadership group are trying to put out? You're the seventh-ranked nation in the world. No one's really giving you much of a hope. There's a lot of pressure coming into the tournament around all sorts of things. What are you and JL and the leaders trying to put on the table, mate?
2: Uh, it was just about. well, First off, we we had a lot of confidence in ourselves and within each other that we were one of the best teams in the world. And, and yeah, you need a bit of luck in a tournament like like the T Twenty World Cup with with the structure of it being uh, group stage straight to a semi final. There's there's not a real lot of wiggle room there. So um, we knew we were, we we're going to be up against it. But to to come into the tournament with a, a squad that we knew was good enough to win it was was really important. And then it just come down to backing backing each other in. And, and the players were really big on that around um, around like a real commitment to each other that, right, this is what you bring to the table. This is how you're going to play. Just you've got our support. And, and that, that went right the way through the squad.
0: JL came out and said after the tournament that you sent him a message along the lines of don't worry about Davey Warner, he'll be right and he'll turn it on when it counts. There was a lot of discussion about his position at the top of the order. Obviously he hadn't been getting a game in the IPL. An opener
3: out of form, but not on the outer. T20 captain Aaron Finch has faith that David Warner can get back to his blistering best.
2: I'm backing Davey's Davey's ability, I'm backing his judgement.
0: It's easy to say in retrospect, but did you always have confidence and how did Davey deal with the fact that in the public eye, anyway, which is obviously very different inside the team, he was under the pump. Skip,
2: there was honestly not one bit of talk about his form or or was he gonna was he gonna be, get back to his best? That that was never considered for one second throughout the whole lead-in because he's a great player and he's someone who, when his back's against the wall, it's almost like he puts himself in that position at times because that's when he's at his absolute best. It's it's an unbelievable skill to have, and and like he was he was unbelievable.
0: Marshy, your own approach, which we'll get to as the as the finals came around. But what was your mental approach going into the T Twenty World Cup? Maxi came out and said that he's you're hitting the ball better than anyone he's seen (laughs) in the history of the game. Basically, I thought I I I watched that on the news. I thought, geez, that's just piling the pressure on the big fella a bit. But (laughs) how did you approach it, mate?
3: Um, Yeah, I mean, leading into the World Cup, I was just unbelievably excited that and. It's probably the first World Cup that I knew that I was going to be able to have a... um, potentially have a significant influence on personally, going in, batting at number three. Um, I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't uh, a tad nervous early on. I I mean, I remember going to the South African game, I'd I'd never been more nervous. Not so much from a personal point of view, but just from the team wanting to do well, first game of the World Cup. I had so many nerves going to that game. Um, But, yeah, my approach... Uh, mentally, batting-wise, didn't didn't change from the the West Indies and the Bangladesh. True, it was, I knew I was hitting the ball well. I was super confident in my my ability to go out there and, and take the game on from ball one. And um, gee, it was good fun. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it was good fun, All right. Finchy? How much? You know, working on broadcasting of cricket now, we've got the great Laurie Colliver beside us, as you know, because you've worked with Fox Cricket before. The the, the information that can be, you know, Aaron Finch's run rate against leg spinners, the bowl right hand, left hand, you know, scoring areas, the the statistics are incredible. Take me into a, a team meeting, let's say before you play South Africa, how does the analysis work, and how's it filtered through before you go into a game like that?
2: Yeah, so there's a, a quite a long process that the coaches go through, and I, I wanted to make it quite streamlined to that for that to be filtered to the players. So, for me, in the past, I'd been involved in that the whole strategy build-up, probably three, four, five hours of meetings leading up to the final meeting where all the all the data gets analysed and, and put in front of us. And I just wanted to be really clear that, that that's quite irrelevant. And until there's a lot of context around the numbers, that's when I want to be involved so that so that it can be simplified and put into actual game scenarios and, and um, real-time data almost, that that's when I want to be involved in that process. So the coaches would go through a long process of, of with all the boffins, they sit down and they present the raw numbers and then they dig into them a bit deeper and then they crunch that down, and that will that will almost shape the selection for the game as well and um, match up our strengths, their strengths, the wicket, the conditions, all that kind of stuff. And then myself, Matty Wade, and Pat Cummins would would come into their meetings. That all that data would be simplified and crunched down and presented to us. And then we basically look to pick holes in, in what the coaches are thinking. And then you go through a whole, almost like a cheat sheet of, of if the game goes perfectly, this is how we want to structure up. Um, this is where we feel as though. So, there's probably two questions you need to need to ask. One is, w- at what stage with the ball do you think that you can exploit them or, or win the game? So we went into the the South African game knowing that if we took wickets in the power play, that that. A big tick that that goes a long way with with every team. Obviously, it does, but yep. more so we've, we're we willing to forego the the death overs to try and put a hole in their in their batting lineup early. England is probably the only team that uh, that changed for because they've got so much power. Their run rate, no matter who you play, is really about the same in in the mm. in the power play, but at the back end, that's where they excel as well. So. We, we wanted to go with five bowlers, and, and Mitch was obviously the unlucky one left out of that. But, so, that so that's how you really structure up the, the selection um, along with the, the strategy side of it.
0: So with all the information, I obviously watched that first game. Uh, the bowls absolutely fantastic. Knock them over, nine for 118. The Aussies, you boys, five for 121. Only two balls to spare, though.
4: Ah, Marcus Steiner sees Australia home. It didn't come easy. But in the end, it did come their way, and it means an awful lot to this Australian team. It's a good win.
0: Marshy, how much of that, like, oh, that, is it the, the opening bowler? Nautjki. Norchke, yeah, yeah. Nautjki, yeah. Nordky. yeah. No, that, he is seriously, seriously rapid, that fella. He looked like a nasty bloke yeah. to face. How much yeah. of that do you take... On board, Marshy, thinking right. Th- this is where he normally bowls, etc. This is what they're going to try to do to me. Or do you try more of a fl- free flowing approach in your mind when you walk out there?
3: Yeah, look, I think um, generally speaking, you've got a, you've got a general idea of where teams are going to try and bowl to you. Um, for me personally, um, I didn't look at one bit of footage for the whole World Cup. I haven't looked at footage for a while now. Um, you can gather a lot of information just from talking to your teammates. I mean, the amount of experience we've got, our coaching staff. Um, Michael DiVanito, the batting coach, is awesome to talk to. But um, yeah, for me, it's just literally going out there and being super clear. Um, I know my scoring areas. Um, if it's in those areas, it's all about execution um, and taking the game on, certainly batting up the top. So um, everyone's different and cricket's such an individual sport in that sense that everyone prepares differently um, we obviously all want the same outcome, but everyone's got a different way of doing it.
0: Do you like the information, Finch, or would you rather go out there and flow? Uh,
2: if I haven't faced somebody before or I haven't seen a huge man, I'll, I'll just watch I'll watch their boundaries. So um, the last thing that I want is watching um, Hasaranga, for example, from Sri Lanka, gun, leg spinner. <laughs> last thing I want to do is watch him knocking blokes over. So, <laughs> so if, I'm, if I'm in doubt, I'll just watch their, them getting hit for boundaries.
0: It's a great explanation. So, you knock over South Africa, which in the end becomes a vitally important win because it's them or you mm-hmm. that are making the semi finals, not that we realise at that stage. You beat Sri Lanka convincingly. Finchy, 37 from 23. Very nice.
4: Wet them punished. Finch gets a freebie and does not miss out. Cracking stroke. And it takes Australia to a very impressive victory. If we said they weren't convincing against South Africa, we're sure that they were convincing today against
0: Sri Lanka. Then you come up against England. This is all about positivity and fun and pumping you blokes up. But, Marsha, you've played the first two games. You don't get selected in the third game. doesn't matter. In the end, it all works out. How how do you find out and how do you take it?
3: Um, Yeah, JL uh, came into my room that day and uh, just had a chat to me. I thought he was coming in for a coffee initially, um, so I was a little bit rattled at uh, at first. Um, obviously, I mean, any time you get left out, um, you're always disappointed, and um, I, I was gutted that playing against England's always really special in a World Cup game. You want to be you want to be playing those games. Um, I mean, Ashlyn Agar was, has been an integral part of our T20 team for the last couple of years and played one game for the whole World Cup and. His comments when he initially got left out was that it was going to take a full squad for us to win this World Cup and you hear those words a lot but when you're in the moment like it, those words are so important and if I kick the bucket and drag my bottom lip I, it's it's not great for the team so as disappointed as I was I knew that at some stage we would go back to the 7-4 um, make up of the team so I didn't want to get too distracted by getting dropped and being disappointed. I Initially, obviously, I was gutted and I wanted to be playing, but um, once I got over that, I knew that at some stage I'd, I'd get another crack and I just wanted to be ready for that.
0: And how do you handle it, Skip? You've got the delicate balance of a fella being dropped who's an integral part of the side, yet you also need to pump up the fella who's an integral part of the side that, that's coming in. Um, it becomes more involved in being able to play a cut shot and and put the fielders in the right position at this stage i guess you become a manager as well
2: yeah that that first selection meeting against south africa was was brutally tough obviously leaving agar out and kane richardson who is one of the best death bowlers in the world um and that's what i was saying before about you some you've got to be prepared to lose a game one particular way so if, if for example, if South Africa get through the power play one down and explode at the back end, you, you're prepared to wear that because you, you structure up your team to try and put a hole in them early. Um, and that cost Kane Richardson in that first game because we went with Josh Hazelwood in front of him for that extra power play bowling, and he bowled beautifully and, and did through throughout did so throughout the whole tournament. So it's a really tough balance to be able to to tell two guys that that are so good and so important to the team that they're they're not in the side and um obviously Mitch Swepson was there as, as cover for for the, the extra spinner, and josh Inglis was a reserve wicket keeper so um that was they weren't as difficult conversations because they they we probably knew going in that that they were there as purely as injury replacements um with all absolute all due respect to them they they were they were unbelievable on tour and they planned and prepared and trained as well as anyone um yeah that, that is really tough to to be because you're so disappointed for the play, people who aren't playing but so excited for the guys who do get the opportunity so mm. yeah it, it is a tough balance at times.
0: So the England match Australia's knocked over 125 which is tough down the pitch straight away as he nipped it he has he has Chris Wokes again
4: oh. oh toe end of the bat should be out yeah absolutely. Oh! What a catch. Dodgy characters
0: in that shot.
4: Oh, close. Very close. Surely out. Yes, given.
0: Finch 44 from 49. Well played, Skipper. Marshy doesn't play the game. England, though, and this is where things got serious. Two for 126. They did it with eight wickets but 50 balls left. And England is celebrating after a big win over Australia at the T20 World Cup. Now, you boys have played a lot of T20 cricket. That's... um, That is one-sided to say the least. So to give you a flavour of what was happening back here in Australia, and I don't know how much you hear, it was if the Australians get bundled out, Will Langer be coaching the Ashes. It was the team is too old. We've picked too many old blokes. Is Finch the right man to be leading this team? Is he past his best as a captain and as a player? Why is Marsh not in the team? Are we going to get bundled out, not make the semifinals? So it was at that stage, and I, and I know you're smiling, Finchie, but that—that that is what happens. So the knives were out at that stage. You get belted. You walk back into the rooms. This is the bit that really fascinates me. What happens then?
2: It was actually pretty amazing. We walked in and, and we talked about being consistent the whole way through and, and the players really taking ownership of, of the team and, and the environment. Yeah, we're disappointed, but there wasn't blokes kicking cans, or there wasn't blokes sitting on their own. It was the music went on pretty quick. It, it, it's a World Cup, like you can't sit there and dwell on a performance like that for too long because you back it up in two days' time. And and actually, we had a, we had a few days off, so I think there, there would have been some beers. The boys boys sitting around having a beer, going shit. That didn't go to plan, but <laughs> we're still in it. We've we've still got to beat. Bangladesh and the West Indies, and then we're through to a semi. Little did we know that South Africa were going to miss out by with four wins. So it was the boys sitting around talking about the game, talking a bit of rubbish. The music's on in the background, um, and then just before we left, Paddy Cummins got up and he, he said, "Boys, come on, we, we committed to playing really aggressive cricket today." Today we went away from that, and he didn't have a crack at me, but he said, "Like we're never winning with 120 on the board." So. I, I got a little bit defensive of the net run rate because I thought if we can get to 140, yes, we can still win the game, unlikely, but we can still win it, but our net run rate won't cop a hammering. Yeah. Um, so I, I got a little bit defensive and, and he said we, we committed to playing aggressive. We committed to playing a brand of cricket that that takes it to the opposition and we went away from that today. And that was almost like a bit of a reset for the boys going, shit, you know, yeah, you're right here. It's um, 100%.
0: Marshy, before we get back to the continuation of the cricket like what what happens when the cricket 's not being played? like do you all hang out as a group or is it is you know do some blokes hang in the room by themselves? How do you keep yourselves entertained you know you 've had a lot of bubble life what happens
3: um, yeah it's some guys play a lot of golf, we were able to play golf, so we played a lot of golf. Um, Paddy Cummins was my golf partner. Um, we didn't, we didn't win much, but, gee, we had a lot of fun on the golf course together. Um, a lot of guys played PlayStation. Um, I played a fair bit of Call of Duty with uh, Josh Hazelwood, Mitchell Stark, and Paddy Cummins. Paddy Cummins is absolutely useless, by the way, so feel free to uh, get that clip out there. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of guys bring their coffee machines and have coffees and talk and, um, you know... As, as tough as the bubble life can be at times, um, you look back on the, I look back on the last six weeks and there's actually a lot of special memories to have sitting in Zorba's room, sitting in Storney's room and he making me a coffee and talking to me about having presents and getting the contest and all those sorts of conversations happen while we're not at training or not at playing. So um, it takes some awesome memories from that tour.
0: And for you, Finchie, you just had beautiful little Esther born not long before you went away. How, how does that work into the mix? And are you are you FaceTiming aim back home and trying to see your little baby daughter? That's um, that's something else into the mix, I guess.
2: Yeah, that, there was a lot of FaceTime, a lot of videos going back and forth. It was, uh, yeah, it was a tough no doubt. It was, it was, it was really tough, but we knew that, yeah, that doesn't last forever playing cricket for Australia. So, so there's some small sacrifices that that not us but our families make um, to make our – well, so that we can live our dream pretty much. So, um, yeah, hopefully she gets to travel with me at some point in the near future. But, um, yeah, it's just a bit more difficult at the moment.
0: No doubt. The cricket continues. You knock over Bangladesh and, importantly, we spoke about Zamps fifer, even though he said it was his worst performance. And, and got the run rate going which was an extreme positive oh, timing oh yeah
4: huge fabulous pull stroke and the match is won with the most dramatic of strokes that is a sparkling performance by the australians they've romped home by eight wickets
0: and then you play the west indies who are cooked Gale and Bravo are going out. It's a fantastic win. Marsha, you got out right near the end and, and big Chris Gale <laughs> jumps on your back. Now, I know Mate. you had a smile on your face, but there's not a cricketer on the planet that likes to get out. And then you've got the universe boss <laughs> riding you like a donkey.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, I certainly knew he was on my back, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, yeah, obviously, like, firstly, it was awesome to have that partnership with Davey in a, in a game where we needed to win. Um, and yeah, Chris Gale's over just like, it almost became a bit of a fast that over. Like it was all laughter and he was getting stuck into Davey Warner and they were all laughing. They'd obviously given up. So, um, and then literally all I had to do was hit a, a ball that didn't, it had one rev on it. Like it was there was no turn <laughs> happening. I just had to hit it down to deep mid on. They still had deep mid on out. I just had to just poke it down there for one take the win and see you later. And uh, I've tried to hit it over seven foot three, Jason Holder, at mid-off and hit it straight to him. So um, it was one of my more embarrassing
4: dismissals. And out, smashed it straight to mid-off. Gale has a wicket. What a way to sign off. The universe boss comes to hug the man who gave it to him. (laughs) And then how do you feel when the big fella jumps on your back?
3: Uh, that was a fake smile. I can tell you that much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I couldn't not smile.
4: I couldn't not smile. Mitch Marsh, he's hit that hard to the tallest man on the ground, and everyone is so happy. Even Mitch Marsh, I'm disappointed to get out.
0: A phenomenal player. So your world and there was a the guard of honor, which was really, really cool for for, for Gail and Bravo, and you guys were involved. Obviously, had his controversies here in Australia. The Universe Boss.
4: I think there will be some respect shown here. Yeah, the Aussies are now going to join they are going to set up a guard of honour for Bravo and for Gale.
0: But if you turn on the telly, Finchie, and Chris Gale is walking out to the middle, you're not turning the telly off. Like, what What type of customer is he? And, uh, you know, I see he's releasing rap records and an alcohol label. He's got his fingers in many pies, the boss. In a money I swim breaststroke Universe boss, <laughs> the man, the cook I the the vibes yeah, let's ride. The vibes. The vibes. Any bloke that calls himself the world boss then upgrades it to the universe boss is not short on confidence, obviously,
2: and walks out to bat with the sunnies on too, mind you, <laughs> yeah. uh, on a on a beautiful sunny day in Abu Dhabi. Um, <laughs> oh, he's so imposing, and and having played against him for so long and, and seen him at his absolute best, it's it's an unbelievable thing to experience the the brute force that he's got. How. Like in his heyday, he was, he was as dominating as, as there's ever been in T20 cricket and didn't matter who was bowling, if he, if he had a day out, you couldn't stop him. So, um,
3: oh, extraordinary player.
0: What did you think when he came out with the sunnies on, Marshy? Um,
3: <laughs> well, I mean, you just look at him, you just go, oh, what a lord. What a lord. <laughs> like <laughs> uh, it's, it's one thing to wear sunnies. It's another thing to wear sunnies when you're facing Mitchell Stark <laughs> Pat Cummins and Josh would like, <laughs> they get one on the money and hit in the lead, like, that lead's crushing your Sonny. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's absolute humour. It's, it's actually humour. It's humour.
0: The, the big fella you mentioned... um Joshie Hazelwood, his figures are extraordinary, Finchy, throughout. You know, he couldn't get a game in, in, in England in the white ball 50 over World Cup. He was on the periphery. Then he had that good IPL and probably probably at that stage jumped in front of Kane, who, who was probably the incumbent at that position. What made his World Cup so special? Like, why was he able to do what he did? Hasn't hit this nearly well enough. to it. A That's
2: a big one. Well, I think he, he just does what he does all the time, and he bowls good balls. And the the thing with T20 cricket is, if a, if a team gets off to a flyer and they and they nail Josh Hazlewood, they have to play good shots. He doesn't bowl any junk. He doesn't give freebies. So, people say that he couldn't play T20 because of how consistent he is. He's too consistent for T20, which. If you bowl a good ball over and over, it's still a good ball. doesn't matter what format of the game. And um, oh, he's just extraordinary. He he gets the best players out. He's He doesn't bowl half volleys. He doesn't bowl cut shots. He's he's just he's something else.
0: How are you feeling going into play Pakistan in the semifinal skip? They are undefeated. They are unpredictable. They are brilliant. Um you know, the batsmen at the top of the order, they had Bubba there, and then Afridi, who, as you know, was bowling those huge hooping sort of Wazzy Mukram style inswingers. He was unbelievable. So they're a team that can do anything at any period.
2: I've still got a bruise on my front, on my front <laughs> leg from uh, Jane Afridi.
0: <laughs> oh, that's out. That's out. It's out. Oh, what a ball. It's a fair nut. It's a fair nut, that. <laughs> well, there,
2: there was a great confidence in our group that that our best was gonna be good enough to win it. So um, yeah, we we felt as though we have enough match winners in our side that regardless of, of where the game is, we can we can still win it. Baba and Rizwan were on fire at the top of the order and, and they got off to a flyer again. Zamps is the one to break that partnership. And then then we get a little bit of control back on the innings and then they get away from us at the end.
4: What a wonderful innings. Bakhar Zaman, 55 of 32. Pakistan get to 176 for four of their 20.
2: So we're chasing 170 odd in a World Cup semi-final. And when you win the toss and choose to choose to chase, there's gonna be pressure on. And then I'll get out in the first over. And then Marshy, next ball, 50-50 call goes our way. Um, And then it's just Then the game turns on its head Because two blokes in great form Just take it straight to the opposition And um, yeah, it was was awesome
0: So at that point Chasing 177 for the win Wickets fell I think when Maxi got out It's 5 for 96 So you need 81 There's 7 and a bit overs to go
4: No, Maxwell goes reverse And he's gone straight to the man That is some catch
0: Stoin and Wade's partnership was outstanding. Here's a question for honesty. When you two are sitting back in the sheds, so when I'm watching this at that point, I'm thinking we are 75-25 here, chance to win this. You know, even 80-20 Pakistan. I'll start with you, Marshy. Real honesty now. I know you've got faith in the blokes there, but do you start to get concerned at this point? Oh, big time, yeah. Um,
3: I don't know what the odds would be but like winning games from there at, in, in, at international level, it doesn't happen that often I don't reckon um, I, I remember I turned to Kane Richardson at the time and I think there was maybe 40 balls left or um, whenever they went in um, together, Stoyne and Wadey and I said gee we just need these guys to face 25 balls, if they face 25 balls, we're, we're a sniff and then Kane and I both said, but gee, 25 balls in T20 cricket is a long time. Like, when you've got to take the game on and take risks, that's a lot, that's a lot of balls to, to get through.
4: That's gone.
3: That's a good contact from Marcus Steinus. And then, um, so like at that stage, at five for 90, I was like, man, like we're done. Like, and then literally 10 balls later, I was like, geez, like these guys are on. And what um, Marcus Stone has been able to do in the last little while, f- finishing, um, once he got in, once like, you could tell he got cut the boundaries away, I was like, gee, so we're on you. He we starts are, walking around like, yeah, uh, oh, <laughs> like, it's like Conor McGregor but ten times bigger. <laughs> Will you, you get that chest out?
0: Were you getting edgy, Finchy? No,
3: nah, because I, I thought really? it,
2: was, I thought it was done. It was gone. Well, you're you mis- you literally one mistake away from it being game over almost. And I was sitting next to Pat Cummins and I said, have you, got, have you got like 18 off seven balls or something in you? And he turned and he looked at me and he goes, mate, we've got this. Don't worry. We're, I'm not huh. going to be required. Huh. I was like, come on, mate, like just a couple boundaries. That I reckon if you can just ramp one or slog one out of the middle, he goes, mate, don't worry. I'm not gonna be required, these two will get us over the line. And I, and I thought, it's great confidence, but I, I almost—I I was trying to see right through him there. And um, it's just, when you're on the receiving end of, it, of a partnership like that, as a fielding side, you always just think, we, we've literally got to bowl one good ball or we're, we're one good over away from the run rate going to 15. And then, it's, then it feels like it's game over. We got there with an over to spare. We yeah. needed 57 off four overs and we got them in three.
0: Sounded good. It's good. Brilliant from Matthew Wade. And so there's obviously the drop catcher, and then your little Tasmanian man just goes ramp, smack, ramp, 6-6-6. Oh, superb. Superb from Matthew
3: This is a match-winning effort in
4: history. Has repeated itself somewhat.
3: Australia into the final. Australia winning by five wickets here in Dubai.
0: I don't know if you've seen the vision back, uh, Marshy, but it's (laughs) like you've won 100 mil on Powerball. (laughs) You've got your (laughs) hair all over the shop and you just look that pumped.
3: Yeah, firstly, yeah. It's probably one of the first times I looked at some footage and I thought, Jesus, my head is actually huge. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, my head just looked massive. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was incredible. Um, for the whole World Cup, we ever watch American sport and um, all the big dogs when they do something good, they, they they're shouting, "Let's go, let's go," um, LFG and all that sort of stuff. So we throughout the whole World Cup we that was our theme you know whenever the boys did something good we'd be up there and we'd get our chest out we'd (laughs) be shouting let's go and so that's what I was doing and all the boys down the bench are doing it and it was just an incredible vibe so yeah the um I mean when Wade did what he did there I'm sure you could see it on the um on the footage but it was just like geez that was incredible and the belief and the the fun, the lo- love we had in that team. It's just like, you can't just create that. Like, that doesn't just happen. It was just that everything, the whole tournament was just awesome.
0: So, Finchie, what happens? It's every kid's dream to to turn it on in a big game. And, and you know, Maddie's had a, an incredible career, but he's been in and out of the side like, like you have, like Marshy has, that that... That will most likely be his defining moment, Matty Wade in international cricket. When him and Stoin come back into the rooms, we all play social cricket and if a mate makes 50, like you're all over him. Does it happen like that in international cricket or is it we have to think about the next game? Tell me there's some time to allow to enjoy it.
2: Oh, absolutely. You enjoy it. I think the music gets pumped up as soon as Adam Zampa, Kane Richardson, they're the two DJs who look after the music um, in the change rooms. Blokes that like literally just jump around, just grabbing anyone that's nearby. You just you grab someone. You're jumping up and down. Boys are just screaming at the top of their lungs. Nothing in particular, but they're just yelling. And it, it's yeah, you you, you want to as a captain, or you want to switch your mind to the to the final and and start to tackle New Zealand. But you have to enjoy those moments. And I reckon with the boys sitting down after a win like that, grabbing a beer. Everyone's just sitting on eskies. You're, you're sitting around just talking about, or everyone's just telling Wadey how good he is and, and he's saying, yeah, I, yeah, I was always going to ramp it. We, we, it was under control, don't worry. Um, <laughs> it was, it's pretty special. You have to soak that up and and really appreciate their moments.
0: I love it when I hear stories that, that that you guys and the girls, the international cricketers, when it's all said and done, you all grew up playing cricket like the rest of us, but you're a lot better at it and it's great to hear that What we do in the and Heads change rooms after a win is replicated in what you do, Marshy. It's just still you're with your mates and you've won a game of cricket and the money and the pressure and everything aside, there's still time to just really enjoy it with your team?
3: Oh, absolutely. Um, For me personally in the the semi-final, I um, walked off the ground and now I love winning and I love what we've just spoken about. Like there is nothing better, like you said, yeah, we're professionals, we get paid to do what we do and we pressure and all that sort of stuff. But getting in the change rooms, hugging your mates, sitting down and enjoying a cold beer and talking about the game of cricket is literally why you play. That's what, that's, that's what gives you all the joy and makes all the hard work worth it. But I uh, walked off the ground, tap on the shoulder, drug tested. <laughs> the random drug testing, you know, which, which has to happen. And because of all the biosecurity rules because of COVID, I couldn't go down into the change rooms. Oh! I wasn't allowed. I wasn't allowed to go out down in the change rooms because the um, guy who was looking after me, he wasn't allowed in the change rooms. What? So I was absolutely gutted because I just wanted to get down there and jump on stalling, <laughs> jump on waiting, and get around the boys. And um, so I was absolutely gutted. But and I, I didn't need to um, go to the toilet, so I had to sit outside and drink and drink my waters and just try and get down there as soon as possible. So it wasn't until about 45 minutes after the game that I, or probably an hour, I got down to the change rooms. Got down to the change rooms, boys, hello, Everyone's packing up, having a shower, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to go. But, uh, yeah, it's, it, it is, that's why you play. That's why you play.
4: Listener.